0: Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast from GP Strategies. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts, exploring best practices and innovative insights to help you and your organization improve performance. I'm Jeremy Shear. Our topic in this episode is design thinking, and to talk about that, I'm joined by our guests, Brittany Cole, Director of Innovation at GP Strategies, and Keith Keating, Senior Director of Global Learning Strategy at GP Strategies. Brittany and Keith, welcome to the podcast. Hey there. Good morning. Thank you. Glad to be here. Okay, so please tell us a bit about your backgrounds in learning and development and about what design thinking means to you. So Brittany, let's start with you. Sure.
1: Sure. So a bit about me, I've worked for GP Strategies for nearly 13 years. My background is actually not in L&D, which is probably the story of most. I started by, by trade as an engineer, and I worked for a chemical company. And I found I was really great educating customers, but not so great in sales, which was my primary position. And that led into this career where I began at GP as an instructional designer, writing test questions, and that led into just a variety of different roles. And when I think about design thinking, it's a great approach as a way to think more creatively about solutions, to remove bias from what we think works well in, in the training and LD space, to think about how might we solve a problem if we have that magic wand.
0: Okay, great. Thanks a lot. And now, Keith, tell us a bit
2: about your background and about what design thinking means to you. Great. Thank you, Jeremy. So my entire 20-year career actually has been in the L&D realm, starting when I was five years old. I've executed roles in probably every L&D area, been an instructor, instructional designer, training and operations, leadership coaching, performance consulting, the list goes on. I would say, however, the past few years, I've turned my focus towards leading clients through the execution of their global learning strategies. But regardless of the role or the title, at the heart of everything I do centers around one aspect, problem solving. And so a few years ago, someone said to me, you should check out design thinking and figure out how to apply it to the L&D space. So I accepted that challenge. I studied design thinking at MIT's Sloan School of Management, and I found that design thinking was a perfect tool to add to my problem-solving toolkit, and it has such a great value for the L&D space. Design thinking gets to the root cause, which can help clients tap into understanding and resolving unmet customer needs. Okay,
0: very interesting. Keith, can you give an, an example of what design thinking looks like?
2: Absolutely. So design thinking is a five-step methodology or framework. It's really, it's a set of principles that guide you through your problem finding, your problem solving process. So there's empathy where we're learning about the audience. And that's probably the most important phase that should be consistent throughout your initiative. In fact, it should be part of our daily life, especially in L&D. After Empathy, we have Define, where you define your problem statements based off of everything you learned about your audience. Then you're ideating, you're brainstorming and creating solutions. Once you've done that, you move into prototyping, where you're building quick representations of one or more ideas, and then you're going back and you're testing your ideas and you're gaining user feedback. But the most important thing is that these are non-linear phases, so they can all be happening interchangeably throughout your entire process. Okay, so that really does sound like a powerful tool. And
0: uh, Brittany, how widely used is this, is design thinking in the organizations that you've been working with?
1: That's a great question. You know, Jeremy, it's really varied. I find one of the aspects that a lot of organizations, L and D and otherwise, come to the table where they they've read an article or they've watched a couple videos, and maybe they've sat through a brainstorming session, and then they label themselves as design thinkers. So we, I, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions around what design thinking is as a mindset versus an actual methodology. When we think about the methodology that Keith shared, going through it and really walking through each of the phases from empathy through tests and, and iterating once you get to test and maybe coming back to define, because once you test your prototype, you might realize that you have another audience, and you have to go empathize. Or you might have addressed the right problem, but maybe the solution wasn't right for that use case, and you have to go back to your ideation and, and prototype something else. So I think that design thinking isn't from a, from end to end, isn't used terribly frequently, and even when it is, it's one prototype. So we walk through some empathy interviews and some exercises. We possibly define one or more problems and we rally around one point of view we ideate some solutions around it we select one to prototype and then we test it and then we move on and then the rest of work happens and so it might go through one cycle but really design thinking is there's no defined end because it's very iterative in in nature so there's elements that are used i think most organizations today would say Yes, we've done interviews of our high performers and middle and low performers. Yes, we've done some brainstorm exercises and we've even surveyed and and tested. And so elements of design thinking are incorporated sporadically, but not necessarily as a solidified, defined approach that that guides the organization and how they do their work.
0: That's, That's interesting. So, Keith,
2: have you found something similar? Yeah, absolutely. So Brittany and I partner together on design thinking initiatives within GP Strategies. And I would echo what she is saying in the sense of I'm not seeing a lot of our clients necessarily executing it in the format that is designed for success. So as Brittany said, they're doing one component and saying, yes, this is design thinking, but it's actually not. And so it's a great space for GP Strategies to be in right now because, in our humble opinion, uh, we're right now the leading experts in the L&D space for design thinking. Okay, interesting. So, I mean, given
0: how powerful a tool this can be, why is it that more companies haven't already gotten on board with design thinking?
2: great question so there's there's a number of reasons i think brittany and i have probably a very long list so we'll each tackle a couple of them i would say for me one of the reasons is the name so if you if you break apart the name design thinking design As the first word insinuates that you have to be a designer or you have to be creative, which I'm particularly not and many people aren't. And so initially that turns people off with, I'm not a designer, so I can't use this tool. That's absolutely not the right thought process. The design piece comes from using design tools, and so these are really great tools that can be used by anybody, and you don't have to have a creative bone in your body. The second piece is thinking. That would insinuate that this is more of a thought process rather than actionable, and design thinking is completely actionable from the very first moment of executing empathy, learning about your audience, all the way through the end of testing. So for me, I think that it's the name, but it also tends to stop at theory, So people will read an article, they'll watch a video online, maybe they'll even take a class And as somebody personally who's taken a number of classes, I think one of the challenges is the classes focus on theory. And so they explain the five steps and the processes. They talk about some potential use cases of how it's actually done. But until you get out there and get your hands in it and practice it and practice it and go through small examples of design thinking initiatives, you're not really going to understand how to apply it. So the name can be challenging, and the fact that people just stop at theory instead of moving it through application can be a reason why it's not being utilized more often. Yeah, that that makes sense. So
0: Brittany, would you like to add anything to that?
1: I would. Yeah, I think everything that Keith said, I I completely agree with. I think, too, when, when individuals do go through design thinking classes, even if they go through an intensive workshop, a lot of design thinking initiatives... And classes and workshops tend to focus on products. So something in the consumer market, something that impacts individuals at that level. And it's there tends to be a little bit of a, a disconnect and an unclarity as you take design thinking as a method to use to help build a product or to redefine the transportation system in San Francisco, which is an, an activity that, that the Stanford program uses, which is wonderful, but there tends to be a little bit of a leap to go from that to how do I solve people problems and, and training issues and, and issues around skills and knowledge in learning and development. So there's there's a little bit of a just a hard line that's not completely linear to apply it where you might, when you see it sort of laid out in a workshop or a video. Another reason design thinking tends to not be more widely adopted in organizations is that as I mentioned before, it's not completely linear. Even though you go through the five phases, you're gonna go back and forth and iterate several times. And when we think about LD organizations and the people who work in them, you know, they tend to be measured by outputs. What have you designed? What have you delivered? What have you deployed? And so there tends to be, you tend to be measured and around something that's very finite and you know once you go live then you're done and you can move on to the next project design thinking is almost the antithesis of that where it you can go live but you're iterating so your next prototype or your next build upon your first prototype might be the next phase or a slight tweak and so it's it's inherently risky to organizations and to even to L&D individuals to truly adopt because you then you ask yourselves, will I, will I ever be done? When's the end? When do I go gold? And then move on to the next. So it's a little bit of a, a challenging prospect to deploy because there's not really a, an end game in sight all the time.
2: Um, I would add to what Brittany is saying around the, the riskiness in that in the L&D space, it's also a bit uncomfortable for us to go through this initiative and potentially uncover at the end that our approach as the LND experts may not be the right approach. And so in some cases design thinking by design is risky and disruptive. But we have to embrace disruption especially if we're going to be moving the needle and to find out at the end of an initiative that maybe our modalities or our approach to our learner experience hasn't been the best that it could be, that's actually a good thing to uncover because at the end of the day, we're here to help our learners and improve that, the process and performance support that we're giving them. And so it is a win-win for us to have this type of disruption or risky tool to help us uncover what our learners actually need. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, one thing that I'm taking away from
0: this is that design thinking, it's not just a series of steps that you follow, but as you're describing it, kind of a whole new way of thinking about your work and what you're doing and how you look at outcomes. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. it's a mindset shift and there's a there's a transformational culture shift that goes along with this because it can't just be one person applying this. It is a it is a team effort. And in fact, one of the other challenges is that in the L&D space, a lot of people don't understand how this can support or benefit them. And so we've uncovered there are six applications in the L&D space where this could very easily help to solve. And those would be through organizational design, or if you're looking to uncover employee engagement, you can use design thinking to help you define your learning approach or creating learner experiences. HR and recruitment, this is such a valuable tool for them to help uncover the onboarding, the sourcing process, the hiring process. And then also we're seeing that it's available to be used in in digital solutions where we're looking at how can we help digitize our content moving it forward into the new space. Mm -hmm.
0: So Brittany, uh, earlier on in the conversation, Keith used the term human-centric design. So I just want to clarify What's the difference between human-centric design and design thinking or are these concepts that sort of work together?
1: You know, that's that's an interesting question and I think it echoes a lot of the confusion in the market. It's really easy, you know, design thinking is a buzzword and you're hearing human-centered design or human-centric design is as another buzzword and there's this there's this desire in the marketplace to really separate the two where Design thinking is simply the approach or the method and human-centered design is the the mindset. I'd argue that human-centered design is is really the overarching sort of umbrella and design thinking is a part of that family. And, uh, you know, there's so many other components of human-centered design, whether it's a user experience, right, where design thinking can be a way, right, a problem-solving approach to help you identify solution, and then that solution requires learning experience design and user experience design to ensure that it's easy to adopt and easy to use by the learners. So human-centered design is the mindset, is the overarching category of which design thinking fits into that category, as opposed to two separate and unique terms that, that live independently of each other. Keith, what do you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I guess I would say maybe in a different way for me, human-centered design is the framework. And within that framework, there are six different components of how we're approaching designing for humans, designing for learners and for people. And so as Brittany said, there's user experience, there's also learner experience design, and then there's design thinking. And those three, design thinking, learner experience, user experience design, are also part of what we're calling the learner-centric design family. So really to recap, human-centered design is the framework. Design thinking is a component within human-centered design. Okay, great. So
0: we've covered a lot of ground. So let's try to sum up. What are a few best practices around design thinking that you'd like our listeners to take away from this podcast. And and why don't we, Brittany, why don't we start with you? And why don't you give your top takeaway? And then Keith, you can give your top takeaway.
1: Great. I think if I were to take away one thing, it's that design thinking is something that anybody, no matter what role you have at LND, can can use today on the job. And you can take it from end to end. So you can start immediately with empathize and, and identify an audience and interview them, and go through an exercise or two to help take those insights and define a problem, brainstorm, pick a solution from your brainstorm that you ideated, and go test it out. It doesn't have to be rushed, but it's applicable, and it can be done right away. It is something that is tangible, and really, once you dive in, fairly easy to to use and to apply to your everyday work.
0: Okay, great. And Keith, what's your main takeaway?
2: I'd like to share two, actually. The first is design thinking is not a solution for every single problem. So as much as I am passionate about it, I think it's also very important for listeners to understand that there is a particular time and place to use it, particularly in the sense of if you already know what the problem is then most likely design thinking may not be applicable. But if you're in a situation where you don't know what the problem is, you don't know why your learners aren't taking your classes, you don't know why you're getting such low scores on employee engagement, you don't know why the onboarding of your new hires is such a challenge, then design thinking might be appropriate. The second is to echo and build on what Brittany was saying around get out there and try it. I'll repeat the exact same thing. Get out there and try it. And here's a couple of examples of ways that you could apply design thinking either with your family, a group of friends, or even by yourself. So pick a very easy topic, for example, reimagining your wallet let's think about what a wallet actually does for us the purpose of it what value it brings because if you're anything like me you're losing your wallet constantly so is there still a value in even having a wallet as we're moving away from this idea of carrying around money and it's more online more mobile more credit card based do we even need a wallet so break down that foundation of why do we have a wallet what what could we do to reimagine that wallet. And is a wallet even still valuable? Or just pick your favorite product, whether it be a food product, clothing, technology, and just reimagine that product. Break down the five phases, the five milestones of design thinking, and go through and just think about that product and how you could redesign it while using the design thinking framework. It's easy. It's free. You could do this in as little as a couple of hours or you could take a day or two, depending on how many people you have involved and how in-depth you want to go through and get experience with this. But nonetheless, you have to get familiar and comfortable with the vocabulary and with the five phases so that you're able to move the needle from understanding it from a theoretical standpoint to actually applying it. Great. Well, Brittany and Keith, thank you both so much for a great discussion and for sharing your insights. Happy learning. Design Thinking is a great tool. Definitely embrace it, utilize it, and we're here to support you.
0: The Performance Matters Podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts and listen on our website at gpstrategies.com podcasts.